Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees. Well, the big man finally did it. As you all know, Aaron Judge finally uh, reaching the 61st home run of the season, tying, of course, the Yankee legend Roger Maris. Again, we've all been kind of been waiting for it for a while and take a little bit longer. But yes, you know, we all figured it was going to happen. And it finally did happen up in Toronto. And a very good series for the Yankees, not only for the individual judge, but of course, probably bigger, bigger picture. Uh, congratulations to the New York Yankees, the American League East champions of the year 2022 AD. Uh, so now the Yankees kind of locked themselves in that number two seed there. Again, we all knew this was going to happen, but the Yankees kind of killed two birds once so during this Toronto series. And kind of, you know, interesting, good to do it in Toronto. Of course, you know, before the season started, everyone was kind of picking Toronto as the favorites in AL East and just kind of looking at, you know, Vladdy Guerrero and Springer and Biggio and Bichette. And like, oh, my God, how is anyone going to contend with them? Uh, but ultimately, the Yankees able to dance parade and, uh, and uh, pour champagne on their field there. So uh, kind of good to stick them to that way. So we'll get into the whole series. And, of course, my thoughts on the whole uh, judge hitting the 61st home run. But before we get there, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. So this is exclusive for you podcast subscribers. So if you want to get more content, again, we got couple uh we got a week left in the season of course and playoffs gonna be just around the corner before you know it so uh make sure you uh, get updated and all the little rants and raves and raps and all the cool little stuff that comes with being a podcast subscriber so the yankees are riding high on a seven game win streak uh, unfortunately you know had four games against the boston red sox where uh J- judge wasn't able to get the 61st home run you know everybody was waiting you know all the games were sold out and you had like you know judges parents in the stands and you had the whole maris family and they're in the yankee suite and it was like all right you know how long are they all going to follow him around so looks like you know uh, at least the mother took over the the family duties of following judge up in toronto and then roger maris jr actually packed his passport with him just in case he needed to go to canada and well it turns out he did uh but it was well worth his trip so it, it took to the final game but he was able to final witnessed the home run but but in the first game itself it was um more about the yankee uh, pitching and mainly because of severino again a successful first game back against the uh, pittsburgh pirates uh, this time now get go going up against a little tougher offense and for the most part severino was good on the outset of this he would end up getting a no decision a game the yankees would end up losing uh but the yankees got on the board early in the first game um so torres in the first inning and torres uh been you know his bat really been coming alive in September with a sacrifice plot fly, put the Yankees up one, nothing. And then in the second kind of fleffa, uh, again, uh, not really known for his power, uh, able to um, hit one over the left field wall there, his fourth of the year, put the Yankees up two, nothing. And again, Severino's cruising uh, pretty well along in the game, actually didn't allow a hit uh, until the fourth inning uh, to uh, Bo Bichette. Uh, but unfortunately this would lead to a bit of a rally there for the um, Blue Jays. And with two runners on Toesco Hernandez, uh, would hit a two-run double, tying the game at that point. And Severino was done after four innings. Guess again, they're kind of just kind of working his pitch count up there, just kind of building his arm straight. So really, wasn't able to go deep in this game, not as deep as he was in, in the uh, Pittsburgh game. But nevertheless, a kind of ho hum start there. Um, just four innings, uh, seventy-six pitches. Did strike up four, but again, a little wild there with three walks, and again gave up that two-run double to Hernandez. Uh, so he left with the game tied. And this game would actually end up going into the 10th inning, where the Yankees had a bit of an interesting situation with Clark Schmidt on. Now, uh, Craig Biggio was the ghost run at second, uh, with Vladdy Guerrero Jr. up at the plate. Now, of course, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., again, a dangerous hitter. You figure possibly you may want to walk him and maybe face Alejandro Kirk right behind him, who's a lefty hitter. And again, he's obviously he's not as dangerous as Vladdy Guerrero Jr., but of course, you know, you. you he, he, he's no walk in the park either, so they decide actually to go after Guerrero, and Guerrero has a smoker hit right up the middle there, and Biggio comes around to score for the game-winning walk-off hit there for Toronto. So at that point, ended the Yankees' seven-game win streak, and of course in the game, still uh, Judge homerless, 
and uh, it will just um, you know have to wait just yet another day, which then brings us to game two. And really, the star, and actually at the end of the day, the star of the show of the game uh, of the second game would be Jameson Tyone. Uh, now, it didn't seem like a, it, would, it would work out that way. In the in the bottom of the first inning, Tyone giving up a leadoff home run to George Springer, who's just killed the Yankees the entire season, uh, putting the Yankees in an early one nothing hole. But the Yankee offense uh, would uh, get it going. And then from there, Tyone would have, I don't know if his best start of the season, but he definitely went deep into this one and kind of shut down a pretty good offense in their own ballpark. Uh, but the Yankees got some runs on the board for him in the third, thanks to RBI singles by both Rizzo and Torres. And it's good to see. Not only this Rizzo hitting, um, sorry, Torres hitting well in September, but Rizzo since coming back, just from that, um, the effects from the epidural and having the headaches there. Um, and again, having the, those two bats behind Judge, uh, again, really crucial because he right now still Stanton, still struggling to find himself. And really, I almost had zero impact in the series altogether. Uh, but nevertheless, Rizzo and Torres in the third inning, a couple of RBI singles, gave the Yankees a 2-1 to one lead at that point. And then from there, the Yankees pretty much would cruise along. And then in the sixth inning, already up three to one, Aaron Hicks with a double, bringing Higgy. That point extending the Yankee lead to four to one. And, you know, don't look just yet, but actually Aaron Hicks, uh, since Bader's come up, you, you know, Hicks has gotten some playing time um, as well in left field, just with, I guess, you know, uh, you know with, with, I guess, you know, Carpenter's not back yet. And of course, with Ben Attendi gone. And, uh, you know, during this Toronto series, actually, Boone decided to DH judge just so he has to play on that hard turf. So actually opened up the, you know some opportunities for Hicks there. And he's actually, you know, slowly but steadily, he's actually been hitting pretty well lately. Again, I don't know if that puts him ahead of Bader on the pecking order or something like that. But uh, good to see Hicks, you know, coming alive a little bit with the bat there. Uh, and he did it during this Toronto series. Uh, but again, the uh, the story was Jameson Tayo. Now, Toronto would pull it within 5-2 to two in the bottom of the sixth inning. But that's as far as they would get. And again, Tayo pitching into the eighth inning. Goes seven and uh, one-third inning with six strikeouts. No walks, which is important, um, and, and he was able to pick up uh, his 14th uh, winning of the season to improve his record to 14-5. Now, in the ninth inning, it was a safe situation. Now, the game before, both Holmes and Luis could pitch, so I guess Boone wanted to give them the, uh, a night off, so I actually went with Lou Trevino, who, you know, he served during that Boston series, got out of a couple of big jams, um, you know, a bases loaded jam as well um, in, the, in the Sunday game there. So I guess, you know, getting more, I guess more confident in Boone's eyes. I guess Boone more confident in using him in some uh, tight spots. Went to him to close out the, the game and he was able to do so. He comes up to save and the Yankees with the win were able to event, uh, finally clinch the AL East. Again, it was one of those situations where you needed a Yankee win or a Toronto loss. Well, the Yankees did both and won, won the game and was able to beat Toronto. So the second game, they were able to clinch the AL East. And, um, you know, and, and interesting with uh, Trevino closing the game, actually Boone made comments later on that basically it's going to be almost all hands on deck or right now it's an open competition. So he's not really anointing Holmes as the automatic ninth in the man for the playoffs right now. So someone could jump up and perhaps take their job. So uh, maybe it could be Loisega, maybe it could be Trevino, or maybe this, it stays with Holmes uh, or maybe possibly Chapman. Again, he's about seven games less of some of the kind of, you know, Boone kind of put it out there that is, it's pretty much an open job. So whoever wants to grab it, grab it. So um, kind of interesting there. Um, I don't think it'll be someone like Chapman, but again, uh, just, it's just quite interesting that Boone's put it out there that it's a all hands on deck when it comes to the playoff time. So that would bring the, the rubber match game three. Now, you know, at this point, it says whether Judge is going to hit this home run or not. I mean, the Yankees had at the point had the AL East all wrapped up. And for the finale that it was Garrett Cole versus Mitch White. And the Yankees were able to jump on White right away in the first inning. 
Uh, would have put, put a three spot on the board, including Peraza's first RBI hit. It was a single that sent Brody Cabrera. So, you know, good for him to kind of get that off the schneid. And actually, you know, Cole was in, in control for the most part. But, you know, finally they did get to him in the sixth inning. Uh, catch it at Danny Jansen with solo home run. Pull the score within 3-1. And then, it, and then in the same inning, thanks to an infield single by Bichette, as well as a Valeri, uh, Guerrero sack fly, would tie the score now at 3-3. And again, another start by Cole where you're kind of like, eh. you know, he gives up a home run. Okay, there's only one, but still not really a dominating performance. Uh, but nevertheless, he would ultimately end up getting the win in the game because the man of the hour, the man of the, the, the season, um, Aaron Judge up in the top of the seventh inning. Again, at this point, Cole was still the pitcher of record. Hicks was able to work, work, work a walk. And again, Hicks, you know, seeing the ball better, hitting a little bit. So, again, just good to see Hicks coming around a little bit. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, this last week, maybe surprises at all. Who knows? But nevertheless, with Hicks on, Aaron Judge against lefty Tim Miser, you know, works the count there and is able to take a 94-mile-per-hour sinker, pull it to left field, late, kind of a low laser, I don't say it's a low laser shot, but it wasn't like it wasn't like a, a rainbow shot home run, kind of a line drive type of home run to left field. And finally, uh, Judge off the snide there, hitting his 61st home run of the season, again, what we've been waiting for uh, the entire season. And it was a situation where, you know, there was a, a Toronto fan, uh, kind of leaning over there. So the ball actually bounced off the wall and ended up going down into the Toronto bullpen. And of course, they were able to re- retrieve the ball easily. There was a Toronto fan who maybe had a shot at it, but I think people are giving him grief for no for no reason. I mean, look, you're just some fan in the stands. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, an easy play to make. You'd have to bend down there. And who knows, you can even fall over if you lose your balance a little bit. Now, would the ball be worth a million dollars? I don't know. But it's like, it wasn't like an easy catch at the fan blue. I mean, look, was there a play to be made? Yes, but it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy play, a no-brainer play, especially if someone who's like a non-athlete, you know, person just sitting in the stands there and all of a sudden this screaming line drive comes at you like 100-plus miles per hour, and you're supposed to catch it like, like it's like it's candy. So I think well, people get on that fan a little too much. But nevertheless, more importantly, Aaron Judge finally getting the 61st home run of the season, and it was actually a good moment. Roger Maris Jr. and Judge's mother sitting together in the stands together uh, there next to each other. And actually, I think it was, it was actually a pretty cool moment. So now, if you remember the games at Yankee Stadium, you know, the Maris family and the Judge family weren't really near each other. So I think just to have the isolated moment of just Judge's mom and Roger Maris, the son of Roger Maris, this dad, just the two of them together. You know, there were, there were a couple other fans. I don't know if they were related or their friends or family, whatever, kind of near them a little bit. But they're almost like isolated, you know, like they was a seat apart from everybody else. And just for the two of them to be together, see, see that, that could never happen at Yankee Stadium because you would have all the Maris people in one suite and have like judges entourage in, in the stands there. And it's like, but just to have those two isolated, it's almost in a way it's good. It happened on the road. Cause that would, it would, that's the only way it could happen. That could not happen in Yankee stadium. Cause Yankee stadium would just be packed with pandemonium of those people, but just for the two of them to be there. Um, actually, I think it actually makes, makes the home run a little bit special because there's nowhere. That's the only way it could happen. It was on the road. So that couldn't happen in Yankee stadium. So, you know, man, you know, I'm sure we all like to see that happen at Yankee stadium, but the fact that it happened on the road for those two to be together like that, I think this makes it a special moment. And there's all the weird things, of course, you know, um, Roger Maris was number nine, Judge is 99. So you have all those omens. And of course, obviously baseball being very superstitious, um, you know, this is, you know, just kind of weird to point that out. Uh, but in the game, uh, the Yankees attack on a few runs there and ultimately uh, win it by the final score of eight to three. And Cole, um, again, since he was the pitcher of record, was able to pick up his 13th win of the season and a little history for Cole himself. I know we've been beating up on him lately, but he did surpass his 2021 record. So he has the most strikeouts of a Yankee pitcher in Yankee history. So, 
you know, again, it hasn't been the ideal year for Cole, but now is a record-breaking night for Aaron Judge. Again, now he now um, ties the American League record for most home runs in the season. But, of course, now Cole with a Yankee record, um, the most strikeouts for a Yankee pitcher, uh, him. So, And then, of course, the Yankees uh, able to take the series from Toronto two games to one. And for Judge, he did it on the 155th game of the season. So I think, like, overall, he's, like, maybe one or two games ahead of the Roger Maris pace. So let's see. Um, very well should again, end up with 62, but maybe ends up with 63, 64. Now from here, the Yankees go back home to host the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Domingo Herman will kick off that one. So it's three games at home, and then the Yankees hit the road. Again, there's no more off days. So this is just seven games in a row, and then uh, the Yankees get the rest up a little bit during that first round of the wild card round during the playoffs. And then four games at Texas with the Tuesday game being a, a doubleheader. So you're going to get four games within three days there. And, of course, at that point, I think you'll see a lot of the starters getting plenty of rest. Now, for the Yankees, getting a little good news on the Friday. Uh, they should see the return of DJ LeMayo again, kind of deal with that toe injury. But you're hearing all sorts of mixed stories where he's not really fully healthy in that. And, again, it could be like last season. Remember last season he had the sore hip and dealing with the hernia, and he wasn't available for that final one-game playoff game at Fenway. It seems like even though DJ's coming back, he's kind of going to be a bit of a shell of himself. So who knows how that's going to work out. And, again, with Torres hitting um, – the way Torres hitting lately, we figure Torres locks down that second base job, and it's going to be a decision between Josh Donaldson and DJ for third base. And again, right now, health wise, and with everything being considered, it might seem that Donaldson actually might beat out DJ for that. But let's see what you know the condition DJ comes back uh, when he's here. But Toronto shouldn't be all that sad uh, with the loss to the Orioles afterwards. Uh, Toronto is actually able to officially clinch a. a playoff berth so they'll be involved in the mix and again maybe down the road the Yankees will face them again that remains to be seen but at least Toronto uh, they do qualify for the playoffs so that kind of puts a damper on Baltimore's they had a bit of an outside chance but didn't seem like they were going to get in even though they did have a great second half of the season and for them you know at least that organization should be proud again after a lot of um, hundred lost seasons in this miserable season lately at least you know Toronto had it I'm sorry Baltimore at least put a good season for themselves and we'll see how they are next year so Everything, you know, the big the big cahoots out of the way. You know, Judge got the monkey off his back, hitting number 61. You know, you know how to bother him. But I think the good news with that is that you saw that all these games, he pretty much didn't go outside the strike zone. He had a ton of 3-2 counts, got a bunch of walks. So it wasn't like he was just swinging out of the zone or swinging wild. He kind of stayed within his game. Figured at some point would happen. Now the Boston pitches, you know, he did. I'm not going to say, I mean, he did get some pitches to hit by them. They weren't exactly, you know, very gracious about him and they were pitching him tight as well. Um, but I guess, you know, no pitcher wants to be one that gives it about, but especially if you're a Boston pitcher, I guess, you know, they pitch him tough. So you figure they, it didn't seem like they, they were going to kind of try to spoil it, especially him being at home and, you know, letting him celebrate in front of the fans. You know, I guess that's Boston's little victory for the season, even though, you know, that's all they could cling on to because they're kind of a last place team this year in the AL East. So, um, so he figures it take a little longer. All right, fine. He got to get to Toronto. And now maybe he could surpass, uh, get the 62 at home during this Baltimore series there. So, um, and, and I think Boone, I think, you know, made the right call, DHing him. So, you know, giving him his at bats in Toronto, but DHing him just to give him a little break a little bit, just give him a little rest. And of course, you know, Thursday being an off game, uh, off day after that Toronto series, um, you know, that should help as well. So, Section 420 talking to Yankees, 61 happened. Great. Let's just wait for 62. And again, hopefully, the Yankees just get, get up for the playoffs. Um, you know, get things in motion. The jury's still out a little bit about Carpenter. Um, Benintendi said he's healing a little bit, but 
I'm just right at this point, you can't depend on Carpenter and Benintendi because it just, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be in, in the mix. It, it's just, it's still, you know, too soon for them to come back. So they're probably out of the fold there. But the good news is that Harrison Bader come here. You know, he seemed like the real deal. Has a lot of energy, good on the bases, good in the field. Uh, been decent with the bat, getting, you know, poking some singles there through the hole. So, again, if we can't get Carpenter and Benintendi, at least Bader's in the mix. And, again, we've seen Aaron Hicks being just a little bit better. I'm not going to say he's, you know, good, he's great, put him on the postseason roster, but at least he's finally making a case for himself. So we'll catch you on the next one, and hopefully by the time we're talking next time, Judge will have number 62, or even better yet, 63. Catch you later. Mm-hmm.